Dragon Podcast. Adjust your speaker box, sit back, relax, and remember, your kung fu may be good, but mine is better. A disgraced and broken kung fu master finds an unlikely ally and student in a street urchin. When the student learns that his master was framed, he seeks to right the wrong. But will he be ready to make sure that justice is served? Welcome to the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Vita, and in this episode, we're rolling out the barrel with Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Mad Monkey Kung Fu was released in 1979 by the Shaw Brothers and featured Lau Kar Lung as both director and actor, Lo Li as the main heavy, and the incredibly talented but massively underrated Sho Hao, who in addition to his comedic talent, absolutely tears it up with his ridiculous physical abilities anytime he's on screen. Director Lau Kar Lung once called him the most talented action actor in his class. I'll place a link in the show notes to a series of videos by Mistress of Kung Fu on YouTube where you can check out an interview with Sho done in 2004 by Video Asia. He looks as spry and youthful as ever as he goes through some weapons forms and a demo of actual monkey-style Kung Fu. Now, for whatever reason, Sho never achieved the same type of stardom that his frequent co-stars Gordon Liu and Lo Lee did, but his talent is absolutely undeniable. I first noticed Cho in the sequel to 36 Chamber of Shaolin, where he had a supporting role to Gordon Liu. What made him stand out, however, was not so much his physical prowess, but rather his incredibly offensive caricature of a Chinaman, complete with massive, and I mean massive, buck teeth that didn't even fit his mouth. Seriously, he looked like a Chinese man beaver, and it was hilarious. <laughs> I'll post a pic with an audio clip from the show on Twitter, so you can go check that out, at Kung Fu Drive-In. Mad Monkey Kung Fu was his big starring role, and it remains one of his favorite films to this day. While he didn't make a lot of movies with the Shaw Brothers, the ones he did make are all classics, especially My Young Auntie and Legendary Weapons of China. Loyal listener and soon-to-be regular contributor Robot13, whose secret identity, by the way, is Thomas Hall, had this to say about Mad Monkey Kung Fu. Mad Monkey Kung Fu is one of the best examples of what the Shaw Brothers did to set themselves apart from just about any other studio out there making Kung Fu movies at the time. They took the standard revenge plot, which is, you know, I hate you and you did something to me and I want to get revenge, and they made it super personal and extremely specific. It wasn't just a general, this person's evil and, and we have to get him, but there's a, it's a story of a guy who was a great kung fu master but had a flaw and his flaw was that he drank too much and because he had that flaw in his personality he got everything taken away his sister was you know taken away from him his ability to fight and do this wonderful monkey style was taken away from him his money everything he became a, a street performer and even his pet monkey was eventually killed and it, it was just harrowing how he goes through all the situations and just you really feel for him that he is absolutely on the bottom and then he's befriended by uh another guy who wants to learn from him and really you know admires him and the two of them get revenge and they eventually turn the tables on the evil character played by Loli, and he's just phenomenal in this movie and they just really show how friendship and how a person just specifically gets over their their major flaw in their personality and it, it was it's just a great movie and the kung fu is amazing it, just just to watch it for the kung fu is great but the storyline is something that really grabs you i could watch mad monkey kung fu all the time because 
it's got that feel for the characters. You really care about what happens to the main character and how he's been unjustly um, abused. And so you really want to see how he gets himself out of this and you, you pull for him the entire time. This movie opens during a stage performance showcasing a theatrical display of monkey-style kung fu by Lao Karlong's character Chen and his lovely sister played by Kara Wee, who, in all honesty, is seriously wasted in this role. She doesn't do much more than whine, but I hope she got a good payday out of it at least. In the audience is the lecherous brothel owner Tuan, played flamboyantly and with all the requisite grubby greasiness by Lo Li. Think of him as the ancient Chinese version of Littlefinger. It seems that Tuan is smitten by Chen's sister and is scheming up a plan to get her to stay with him. And that female lead, she's so good-looking. So somehow the thinking by Tuan goes something like this. Hey, I own a brothel and she's hot. I'd like her to stay with me. I could probably do that by throwing tons of money at her and give her her own nightly show here in town. But you know what would make more sense? I'm going to get her brother stinking drunk, frame him for rape, then blackmail her into staying so I don't press charges. Yes, that right there is the ticket. Uh, sure, why not? So after their final performance in town, Tuan sets about to do exactly that. During an after-party dinner, Tuan plies Chen with lots of wine and plays to his ego by coaxing him into demonstrating his formidable monkey kung fu style for everyone. Chen does so willingly and chugs down wine after wine as he does so. This is a great showcase for director Lao Karlong's kung fu abilities as he spars with various members of the audience. He demonstrates some impressive moves, especially when he effortlessly somersaults over people and sticks every landing. Chen uses a fan as a prop and it's a cool added flourish to every movement. He spars with several guys at a time while smugly pointing out the weaknesses in their various styles. Use more weight strength. Catch it. Hey. That's my hand. Too bad. Who's your teacher? When he gets nice and plastered, we get a spirited sparring sequence with Tuan and Chen's drunken staggering adds an off-balance and playful flavor to the kung fu. A kind of drunken monkey. Even with Chen wasted, Tuan can barely keep up, so he resorts to giving him even more wine until he finally passes out. While unconscious, Tuan and his accomplice wife set Chen up to look like he raped Tuan's wife in his drunken stupor. With his lynch mob in tow, Tuan barges into his bedroom where he quote-unquote catches a confused Chen in bed with his wife. She claims rape, and Tuan presses the issue. Miss Chen, in these cases, the punishment is death by drowning. Chen's sister pleads her case that he was drunk and convinces Tuan to let her pay for her brother's transgressions. Let me pay. But how? Listen, you spare him, and I'll be your slave. I'll be your concubine. So much for due process in the court of law, but if you go back to our first episode with the court system in the Five Deadly Venoms, this is getting off easy. Of course, this is exactly what Tuan wanted all along, but he demands an addendum. Well, all right. But I'll have to cripple his hands. Why? So that he never again will take a drink without thinking of what he did here. What proceeds is a vicious beating of Chen's hands until they're gnarled and bloody. It's a fitting circle back for Lo Li, with his character in Five Fingers of Death having suffered the exact same fate. We cut to several years later, and Chen has been reduced to being a street performer with a trained monkey. The monkey does various tricks for the crowd, after which Chen sells candy for pennies. His good heart shows through, however, when he gives the candy away to some street kids who have no means of paying. Some local low-level gangsters try to shake him down, but get frustrated when they have to walk away empty-handed. 
They throw his candy to the ground, which gives us an opportunity to meet one of the street urchins, a lanky young man who goes only by the name Monkey, played by Sho Hao. Monkey helps Chen clean up and feels sorry for this guy who, to him, has done nothing but try to entertain people and give away free candy. Monkey follows the gangsters to their watering hole and, like Robin Hood, finds a way to steal from them and return the money to the streets. There are some cute comedic moments here as Monkey finds inventive ways to fluster the gangsters and take their money without their knowing it. Monkey tracks Chen down later and brings him food and wine bought with the gangster's money. Chen balks at the wine, but digs into the food with Monkey as they strike up the beginnings of a friendship. Monkey continues to push his luck by robbing from the gangsters until one day his scheming doesn't go exactly as planned, and the gangsters take turns smacking him around. This sequence features more slapstick humor with lots of exaggerated action and some running commentary from Monkey as he gets beaten down. The next day, Chen gets harassed by the thugs again, but this time he lets a little bit of his kung fu fly as he slowly starts to rediscover his ability. He still gets beaten down quickly, but the crowd steps in for their beloved monkey man and drive the thugs away. Sadly, the thugs did manage to kill Chen's monkey before being driven off. Monkey tries to console Chen, and we get our first peek of the incredible physical skills that Shou Hao possesses as he offers to take the monkey's place in Chen's street act. Shou Hao leaps around the room doing an amazing impersonation of a monkey until he loses his footing and crashes to the floor. No worries, though. Monkey! Are you hurt? No. I got a pretty tough ass. <laughs> Monkey promises to get revenge for his mentor despite Chen telling him he's not ready. In the meantime, Monkey's uncanny duplication of their monkey's movements and attitude convinces Chen to include him in the street act. Dressed in a crude monkey outfit, the pair are hit in the streets and of course draw the attention of the gangsters again. They do their usual shakedown routine, and Monkey really wants to get into it, but he's stopped by Chen. Later that day, Chen's really drilling it into Monkey's head that he shouldn't try to go after the thugs. Monkey keeps pushing the issue, which spurs Chen into revealing his considerable kung fu talent to subdue him. Here's our first interaction in the teacher-student relationship as Monkey laments not having been taught kung fu all this time. Chen, recalling what his kung fu cost him, isn't so keen on the idea. You could have been teaching me kung fu. Dead. All I've learned these weeks is monkey act. Now look, we have to make a living. Maybe, but still, nobody beats me. Now listen, kid. Stick to monkey tricks and live. Monkey, disappointed and angry, quits and decides to take matters in his own hands. Every day, whether you realize it or not, you're moved by the power of visual communication. And that's by design. At Tinbox Marketing Solutions, the goal of that design is to bring effective communication to a myriad of people through shape, color, texture, and sound. Tinbox is a creative services group located in Los Angeles, California, by way of New York City. Their clients include La Tigre, Konami, Pony Footwear, and comedian Jerry Seinfeld. For the bleeding edge in graphic design and print services, don't think outside the box. There is no box. TinBoxSolutions.com Now to this point, we haven't really had a lot of actual fight scenes. We've had several demonstrations of kung fu and lots of short skirmishes, but nothing that I would call a big old knockabout just yet. That's going to change fast, so buckle up. At lunch the next day, Monkey is waiting in a restaurant when the thugs walk in. He gives the thugs an ultimatum to step off, or they're going to have to deal with him now. What do you want? Listen, from now on, you can call me, not Monkey, but Monkey King. 
All right. You got that, then? He gets laughed off when he demands to deal only with their boss, so Monkey uncorks a few kung fu parlor tricks and launches chopsticks and hot teapots at the thugs to set things off. Monkey scatters some pepper into the air and starts knocking thugs around with his staff. The pepper makes it tough for everybody, with lots of sneezing interrupting the action with lighthearted comedy. Monkey has the upper hand for a bit until the pepper starts affecting him too. The thug leader stuffs his nose with tissue to help him cope, and it's enough to catch Monkey and set him up for a severe beatdown. Back at Chen's place, Monkey's being nursed back to health, and Chen, impressed by Monkey's resolve, tries to talk him out of seeking to learn Kung Fu. But Monkey's mind is made up. Chen, swayed by his determination, offers Monkey hope with one short exchange. This is no place to learn. Where then? The mountain. In what looks to be a brutally painful training sequence, Monkey learns strength and hand speed with ropes and rocks tied to his hands as he picks potatoes from the ground with flair. He learns arm strength and balance by sleeping on a set of ropes. Now both actors are somehow able to do this and make it look as easy as crawling into bed, but I can't wrap my head around how much body control that requires. He does push-ups and twists from vines that look like they'd leave normal people with dislocated shoulders and shredded tendons. One of the most dynamic sequences in this training is the somersaults, and it's just plain ridiculous, and it requires multiple viewings because it's so crazy. Chen and Monkey are tied to one another with some rope, and they somersault their way across the landscape as easy as walking to mere mortals. They flip over each other, and then, because that stuff wasn't hard enough, they both pop up onto their hands and stroll down into the valley that way. During a break, Monkey insists that he wants to fight the thugs sooner rather than later, and this time, though he disagrees, Chen lets him go with a gift of his old hat to give him luck. Monkey walks away with this great look of smug self-satisfaction, and we'll see just where it gets him. Back in town, like a conquering hero, Monkey walks the streets with a puffed-up chest as his street urchin buddies follow closely behind him. He seeks out the thugs and forces a showdown right there in the streets. What's great about this fight scene is that it throws in a lot of humor amidst all the incredible kung fu. Monkey starts out fighting one guy and then gradually dares the thugs to keep adding fighters to the mix. Shou Hao almost looks completely weightless in this scene because he climbs all over these guys like they're a jungle gym. His monkey style is quick and deceptive and the thugs can only take their punishment. While he's fighting, he's also doing a lot of wisecracking, so in that respect he reminds me a lot of Spider-Man as he's written in the early comics. In fact, Shou Hao probably would have made a fantastic Spider-Man if they had done a version in China. When he finally gets to the head thugs, Shou has an amazingly fun scene where he's bouncing away from the kicking attacker, but as he's doing so, he slips the attacker's shoes off his feet and slaps the head guy with them. This scene looks like it's straight out of a Three Stooges skit with Shou swapping hats, cigarettes, and making the thugs hit each other instead of him. He forces the thugs into submission and makes them give their ill-gotten gains back to the town while they bring him to their boss, Mr. Chai, who, as it happens, works for Mr. Tuan. At Tuan's brothel, Monkey deals with more low-level thugs, showing off more Monkey style and even fighting a group on his hands. He addresses Chai and Tuan and tells them that they need to stop with their shenanigans before having to deal with Chai himself. In another fight that is filled with comedic twists to accent the amazing physicality, Monkey jumps, flips, somersaults, and kicks his way all over the place. There's some awesome slow-motion sequences of show as he's leaping and flipping and he's easily six or seven feet in the air with every jump. He humiliates Chai and forces Tuan to come down and have to deal with him directly. Tuan is unimpressed with the monkey style and instead goes after himself. Here, Lo Li gets to show off his skill and despite everything that Monkey's learned, easily gains the upper hand and traps Monkey, forcing his head through a tabletop while his goons gather around. They threaten to bash his head open until Chen's sister helps create a distraction, which allows Monkey to escape. That evening, as Tuan is grousing about losing Monkey, his wife lets slip that he set up Chen with that false rape. Chen's sister overhears this accidentally, as does Monkey, who is lurking outside as he was attempting to retrieve his hat. As Chen's sister is about to rush in, she gets stopped by Monkey and the dots all start connecting. 
Tuan, however, discovers the two eavesdropping and has to step in. Here's the only scene where Kara Wee gets to do anything other than whine about her brother, and it's really a shame because she's great to watch on screen. She takes on Tuan displaying some great moves, and Monkey jumps in to give her a hand, and together they deal with Tuan and his goons. Tuan, however, is still too much for either of them alone. Monkey gets tossed from the fight, and Chen's sister urges him to escape and get back to Chen. Sadly, she takes on too savage a beating and suffers a fatal fall. Monkey returns home to Chen where he reveals everything he's learned, including meeting his sister and her captor, Tuan. My sister? Sure, tonight. Where? In a brothel. You couldn't have. Teacher, she doesn't work there. She's the boss's girl. Is his name Tuan? That's the bastard. <laughs> Hey, teacher. She said... Said what? She said Tuan framed you for something once. God damn it! This sets Chen off, and he wants to charge right into battle, but this time it's Monkey who draws in the reins and talks some sense into Chen. Knowing that alone neither of them can succeed, Monkey suggests that they practice together and tackle it as a team. Where the first training sequence we saw earlier looked painful and tortuous, what comes next is one of the most memorable training sequences if only for Shouhao's enthusiasm and energy. Teacher and student train and hone their monkey style in an open field in a brilliant and dazzling display of skill. Each actor steps through their forms and eventually they begin to synchronize as they practice. Shouhao continues his somersault display by leaping out of a tree, dropping about 10 feet, and going right into another backflip. They take turns throwing each other around, and it's a cool scene because you get the sense that they're becoming more partners rather than just student and teacher. It's a classic scene, and you can find it on YouTube if you look for it. Back at the brothel, Monkey impersonates a high roller who comes in and pretends to be looking for some male company for the evening. Every guy that's brought to him, however, gets taken out quickly with one punch. Chai eventually recognizes him, and it's party time again. Fight scene. Monkey faces off against about 20 guys armed with swords, nets, and ropes. He deftly avoids all his attackers by monkey-stepping and rolling with ease. Even with a rope around his neck and a bunch of goons surrounding him, Monkey's able to pull them all in really close and tangle everyone up, even as he slips away from underneath it all. The whole group gets taken out quickly, drawing out Tuan himself again. Monkey issues a set of demands that includes liberating Chen's sister when Tuan drops the distressing news. <laughs> she was badly wounded. Afraid that she's dead. This throws Monkey for a loop, and he gets caught up in some poles and is momentarily incapacitated, but manages to get out and do more damage to the thugs. Director Lau Karlung uses more slow motion work here to really show off Shouhao's ability, and it's still amazing that he was able to peel off so many leaps and backflips without throwing up. A large net snags Monkey and things look really bad when the doors bust open, and in steps Chen himself. Used Starry Cycle by Jeff Summers, author of the Avery Kate series, has been called intricate with ink-black humor by RT Book Reviews, and heartbreaking, and soaked in blood and steeped in deadly power and desperation by Publishers Weekly. When blood fuels magic, there are mages, there are bleeders, and there are no good people. Learn the words, get the blood, and rule the world. Available everywhere from gallery books. Check out wearenotgoodpeople.com. Final Fight. Upon learning that his sister has been killed, Chen cuts his way through the thugs and frees Monkey from the net. And now we get teacher and student working as one to bring the house down. Tuan takes them both on, and it's a brilliantly choreographed scene where teacher and student become indistinguishable because one picks up where the other leaves off without skipping a beat. It's like a big kung fu tag team. They trade off fighting goons or Tuan, and the goons know better than to stick around. With Tuan on his own, the twin monkeys get to work in a beautiful display of control and coordination. Tuan goes after Chen's mangled hands, but Monkey picks up the slack with his much-improved skills. 
When the fight picks back up, Monkey throws Tuan's hands through some glass, mangling them as badly as Chen's. Tuan tries to escape up the stairs, but Monkey chases after him and throws him from the landing, leaping alongside them as they both reach the ground. Tuan, however, never gets back up. requires a level of physical fitness that few have achieved, but you don't need to be a kung fu master to get into the best shape of your life. As an independent Beachbody coach, Jeff Vita has helped many people focus on better nutrition and exercise to shape up and slim down in as little as 60 days. All for free. Sign up for a free account with Jeff at www.beachbodycoach.com slash ignisaurumprobat. That link will be in the show notes. To get his coaching and guidance from nutrition to workout tips, as well as daily motivation to follow through on a program that suits your needs and goals. Jeff can speak from experience, having lost 51 pounds while doing the Insanity Max 30 workout. You can see his transformation on YouTube via the link in the show notes. Ignis Orm Probot, Fire Test Gold, Time to Shine. It's a thrilling, funny, and touching tale that should definitely be on any Kung Fu fan's shelf. The film is available for purchase on YouTube for as much as $5.99 if you want HD, and iTunes for $7.99. If after watching this you want to catch more of Shohao's work, besides the two films I mentioned earlier, he also had starring roles in Disciples of the 36th Chamber and Fake Ghost Catchers, which may or may not have been the inspiration for the original Ghostbusters. Okay, Poison Clan, that's going to do it for this episode. Some shout-outs to some fellow podcasters out there. Sushi Jackknife, Cult 45 Podcast, Pages for All Ages, The Mike Kings, Painted Black Comics, and The Eugene Expedition. There's a show here for everyone, some with saltier language than others, so tread carefully, but all great shows and part of the Potter and Family hashtag on Twitter. Go check them out, show them some love, and speaking of Twitter, come talk at me at Kung Fu Drive-In, same on Instagram, Facebook at the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast page, or email me at kungfudrivein at gmail.com. The show will be evolving as we debut some new features and try to become a big boy podcast, but in the meantime, help us grow by rating and reviewing us on iTunes and share the show with your friends. Or if you don't like us, share us with your enemies. Just share the show because it really does help. Until next week, Poison Clan, peace. Peace.